It's been nearly four years since Congress gave DOD the go-ahead to set up a separate pay and personnel system for its cyber workforce. Now there are finally some signs that the Cyber Accepted Service, as it's called, is about to take off. The Marine Corps plans to convert a big chunk of its workforce to the new system next month. The Navy has similar plans. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has been following the latest developments on the Accepted Service, and he joins me now. And Jared, it sounds like this has been a long time in gestation. What do we know now? It has been an excruciatingly slow process to watch. It, 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 just just to back up a little bit, Congress created the system basically to respond to what has become, you know, a cliche at this point. DOD officials constantly saying that they are in a battle for talent with the private sector, particularly when it comes to people who have cyber expertise. And so DOD set up this this uh, implementation of the cyber accepted service to run in phases. The first phase was, I, I think, always designed to be relatively small, and it was confined to just. Uh, employees in the DOD CIO's office, some employees at U.S. Cyber Command, some employees within uh, the Defense Information Systems Agency, but they had only managed to convert about 400 positions across the entire Pentagon to the new accepted service as of a couple months ago. We're probably going to start talking about four-digit figures at least starting next month when the Marine Corps says it's going um, to take uh, the cyber accepted service to its initial operating capability. So what they're going to do is within the Marine Corps component of U.S. Cyber Command, and Marine Corps, uh, Marine Corps Forces Cyberspace Command is what their component is called. They're going to essentially convert all of their civilian billets that are eligible, basically everybody whose position is remotely related to cyber defense or cyber offense, to this new system. So that will take care of a huge chunk of it. There is still a third implementation phase to follow, which really isn't going to happen until 2023 or so, and that will be when cyber and IT employees across all of the Defense Department start moving to this new system. And why do they call it the Accepted Service? From what is it accepted? Uh, it's accepted from the competitive service, which is what most federal employees work in. And it's the, the, the exceptions really are to traditional federal pay bans and the general schedule and to hiring authorities. And those are two really important things, I think, when it comes to figuring out how to attract cyber talent. Because on the on the hiring authority side, it gets you past the long time to hire that, that, that plagues the entire federal government right now. When you're in the accepted service or when a position that you're advertising is in the accepted service, you no longer have to go through the USA jobs process. You can advertise that position by any legal means. You can hire people directly from job fairs and, 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 and dramatically speed up that hiring process so you're not putting people through months-long waits. And in the meantime, they're, they're going off to the private sector because they don't feel like waiting around. And then on the pay side, it gives the military services and DOD the authority to um, uh, to, to, to set much more competitive pay rates so they can um, they, they can set those pay scales. They, they can give people pay bumps based on, you know, essentially market rates, both geographically market rates and in terms of the type of work people are doing. In the initial rules DOD first published, those those pay bands kind of matched pretty closely with the general schedule, but they've got a lot more flexibility to adjust those pay rates over time within the Cyber Accepted Service. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu and there are uniformed people in the armed services that also do cyber work. Have they figured out how they're going to keep people from quitting the moment they can and coming back as civilians and getting more money? 
Yeah, good point. I, I, yeah, I think attracting people is less of an issue on the uniform side. It's exactly what you said. It's it's the retention issue. And the Navy has actually been working on, on a couple of things in that area. They were one of the first movers to go to Congress and say, we would like the authority to assess people into higher ranks if they already have existing cyber expertise. But then on the retention side, it's done a couple things, including creating a new warrant officer pay grade so that people who are enlisted and have you know anywhere between six and 12 years of cyber experience can convert up to a warrant officer and stay in the cyber field really for the rest of their military careers and not have to worry about going off to getting detailed off to a, a non-cyber position. They're also developed a, a really a career field for officers, the cyber warfare engineer officer track, and that, that, that takes people um, who who have that cyber expertise and, and are already officers and lets them, again, stay in cyber fields, cyber specialties, all the way up through the rank of captain, which for most people is effectively a career or more. And you're writing about the Marine Corps and Naval implementations of this accepted service. Do the Army and Air Force also have their piece? And I guess maybe that leads to the question of why isn't there just one cyber force? And if they're all civilians, what difference does it make what armed services they relate to. Uh, well, they all have different responsibilities to to defend their networks, and collectively, these these cyber teams, each of which, um, e- each which each military service has, has the responsibility to build some of those cyber teams for the collective number of one hundred thirty three that fall under the auspices of, of U.S. Cyber Command. But they all have individual service level responsibilities as well. So I think that's why these 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 teams are broken up by service. There are also some minor differences in how those teams are composed, and on the Marine Corps side, and this. This gets to why they're they're jumping in with both feet into the accepted service. They are more reliant on civilians than the other military services have been so far. About forty percent of their personnel on those on those teams are, are made up of civilians. And I think because of that emphasis, they've also got a little bit more experience in working outside the traditional federal personnel system to try and speed up hiring and try and find ways to pay people more. They have been already working with the Office of Personnel Management to kind of cobble together a bunch of existing legal authorities to do something that looks an awful lot like the Cyber Accepted Service. Problem is that that that's a collection of 20 different, more than 20 different legal authorities that they're leaning on right now to handle that hiring. The goal here is to consolidate that, that all into the Cyber Accepted Service so you've got one set of rules and one system that, that, that hiring managers all kind of understand. Well, you begin to see why it did take four years. You've got 20 different authorities. You've got OPM, which is not always the fastest moving agency in the world. And then you've got four different armed services all impinging on the same central kind of facility there. And so it's no wonder maybe it took so long. What about the Army or the Air Force? Uh, Do we know their progress yet? Uh, we haven't heard a huge amount of detail, and actually, on, just on that last point, there is another big reason why this has taken so long, and it's that the policy folks within the Office of Secretary of Defense who had designed this system and promulgate all the regulations and consult with all the stakeholders, that's a group of about four or five people that have been working on this this whole time. And that begs the question, of course, why DOD didn't put a bit more resources toward that over the past several years. They have now added an additional two staff members, we understand. Um, so the, the Marine Corps says these these folks in the DOD CIO's office who've been in charge of implementation have been really great to work with. There just have not been enough of them, and that's a big reason why why this has taken so long. Do these people all work in the same central physical location, or are they in, say, you know, Quantico if they're Marine Corps and 
somewhere else if they're the Army and maybe Colorado Springs if they're Air Force? Yeah, members of the Cyber Accepted Service really will be spread throughout the country, and that's that's the reason that that's a big aspect of it. These these new um, th- these new pay bumps will be based on uh, you know geographic location and you know where 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 the competition is most intense for a particular type of cyber talent. The hope is that they can you know they're never going to be at parity with what industry can offer, but you know if you know they can they can get a lot closer if you can if you can make geography and and local competitiveness for a particular aspect of the job a consideration and where you're setting your salaries but it sounds like once they figured out the policy implications and how to actually execute on this authority they didn't have any peop, any trouble actually getting the people because they do have the mission as the sell point once they're ready to roll yeah, important point. Mission always is going to be the, the most important factor, I think, in, in drawing people into really any government cyber job. But, but you know, pay helps. Being able to hire quickly certainly helps uh, attract people. And so those are, those are two huge factors. And I should say there is another wrinkle to how cyber accepted service is being implemented. The, the jobs that are all being converted uh, starting next month with the Marine Corps, those are really just the open positions. If you are an existing civil servant doing a cyber job in the Marine Corps, they can't force you to convert into the accepted service, but you do have the option. It's a one-time option, and you've, you've got to make that within 60 to 90 days after your job has been converted to the accepted service. But you can choose to stay in the, the traditional competitive service if you choose to. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.